be unsettled living in 21st century America because it's overwhelmingly wicked. Your kids are under, your grandkids are under a tremendous amount of pressure to accept what our culture has normalized that God says is reprehensible and deserving of death. And we sit back and we're just like, but this show is funny. No, it's not funny. It's not entertaining. A while back, we were trying to watch um, some of these cake wars things with kids featured in them because we got one kid who is interested in baking. So we're like, oh, we'll watch some of these cake wars and, and let them watch with the kids till they started trotting out little boys who were acting like This grieves the heart of God that children are being indoctrinated, that their innocence is being stolen and then people are making money off of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Black and Blur. Hi, this is disgusting. I'm disgusted. This is the worst opening ever. He has grease on his lips. That's barbecue dog. sauce. No, it was grease. I was eating a burger. I had to finish <laughs> cheese and trying to wipe his hands and touch mics. Oh man, barbecue everywhere. I'm oh gosh. All right. Well, it's been a while since we've done that intro because I just did an episode with Hilda. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Hey. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode of Hilda. But even if you haven't listened to it, even if you don't listen to it, I mean, um, what we're doing is we're raising funds for her. Um, so dear, a beloved sister of ours um, who did some artwork for us. Uh, you can't see mine. Maybe Darren. Pull, yeah, right behind Darren. She painted those things. Um, she suffered with mus muscular dystrophy um, her entire life. And she painted that with her mouth. Uh, and she did our other logo. It's a bigger logo. But then also when Parker was born, she drew this beautiful picture of two birds, a, you know, a big bird and a smaller bird nesting in a tree. And I'm like, Hilda, Hilda what was that? But yeah, um, we're raising funds for her because she's in need of a wheelchair accessible van um, to help get around and, and be transported in. Um, and it's a dire need because it's the only way she can get around. Yeah. Um, so we know it's a big ask, but the ask we're making of you, is that right? We're asking of you. The ask we're making of you. I'm sick of that. Uh, is just $10 and share it. Share the video. You can find it on Instagram. I post it. Um, and uh, you can also go to our link in our Instagram. Uh, link is in the bio. You can find how to donate to Hilda. So please uh, support that um, and contribute to her prayerfully getting a van yeah. know, that she needs. All right, well, on to lighter things. <laughs> so this is a bit impromptu yeah. because we were supposed to um, do a, an episode that kind of got postponed last minute. Um, but we have some things on deck I think people would appreciate. We have uh, Natalie coming up next week. Natalie who? We did. We recorded with her already. Natalie, stop and consider. Oh, I thought you were saying talking about Natalie Denise. That's Natalie Denise. Oh, okay. Um, but no, stop and consider on Instagram. 
Uh, we are we have an episode with her next week. Yeah. Uh, you guys are really going to enjoy that. And then a lot of you enjoyed the uh, what was it called with David? It was a comment section episode. Yeah, it was. It was about CRT. I mean, okay. Yeah, maybe critical race theory. Um, we're doing a part two. Yeah. We're gonna do a part two with David. Um, and it's gonna be incredible. I think. Yeah, I think it is gonna be incredible. <laughs> I think it's gonna be good. So stay we tuned should, for those we things. Repost. Can we repost the first episode since it's been a while? Or mm. yeah, or just tell people to listen to it. Yeah, just, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We can point people to it. Um, but I could. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so it's June now. It's Pride Month. Mm. Um, that's not something I was aware of. Uh, but I saw so many people talking about it, and so when this when this episode got pushed back, I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this a little bit. But we're going to talk about it from a biblical perspective, um, and from a biblical perspective that typically I think gets ignored in the grand scheme of things. Um, what are we dealing with here today? <laughs> What's the issue here? <laughs> what, that's a broad question. I know. What what is the what, what is mean? the issue here? What are we what are we dealing with as far as what? Like what you, I mean, the, just the conversation of sex. If you had to take any political conversation mm-hmm. and say, hey, is sex involved in this? How many discussions would you find that has sex in some way if I'll probably say like yeah. sex or race? Ooh. Yeah, I know. Pick only sex. Only sex? How many? I mean, there's... no, no, no. Just pick. Just off the top. Like, what do you think abortion. about abortion? Yeah, abortion. Um, LGBTQ, all of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. Infiltrates yeah. everything. Yeah, though. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it infiltrates all of it. It's a. It's like it's. It, we're dealing with like this. Um, created minority class that has infiltrated every single so- part of our social fabric. Yeah. So it's in the education system where our kids are being taught by teachers and all teachers are like, oh, I want to be a teacher, but I also want to be your kids LGBTQ teacher. Yeah, right. Right. Um, so it's a it's everywhere, everywhere we look. Yeah. Um, I mean, y- y- there's a lot of issues. I mean, there's overlap. But yeah, homosexuality, transgender. Yeah, being involved sex, marriage, in yeah. general, abortion. Um, I think abortion is such abortion. Sex is overlooked. It's like the part that doesn't happen. Like I think we're following the the stork rule here. Yeah, yeah. A stork drops a baby off to a woman, and she goes, "What? Eh? I don't want this. I didn't yeah. ask for this." Yeah. We skip the sex part. Right. Meanwhile, it happens. Um. <clears throat> You know, interesting thing, since we're talking about abortion right now, Margaret Singer uh, was, uh, I guess, you know, but like a nymphomaniac. Yeah. Um, She left her husband because uh, she didn't believe in the boundaries of marriage. That's going to be addressed today. Um, And was just on a rampant sex capade with many people, a lot of prominent people, very elitist, but. Neither here nor there. So it is here, though, or there, actually. Um, it's very here. Uh, and right, it's right here. Because a lot of the arguments um, you're, that we come across when it comes to abortion is we jump into, which are very real conversations, but we jump into a very slim aspect of the abortion conversation. Mm-hmm. 
Like what? Well, what if someone gets raped, or if there's incest? Like it's almost like programmed. Yeah. Um, that's what we go to. Um, meanwhile, I think ninety percent is out of convenience. Yeah. Um, abortion that is. But yeah. So even our theology, <clears throat> um, is affected, um, based on how we view sex. Uh, because you have people who are in love with the world. Um, yet they still profess to be Christian. And I think sex has a lot to do with that, right? The way that we view sex, people don't want to be mean. They don't want to be, you know, the evil Christian. Typically, what's that movie? uh, Adam Sandler, Kevin James. Oh, I know I'm pronouncing you. Yeah, yeah, they have the Christian group that's yelling, you know, slanderous and nasty words because that's what Christians do. Outside Um, of a, a, a gay club. Yeah, like they showed up to the gay club. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm not saying there hasn't been people who have professed to be Christians who do those things, Absolutely. but obviously Christianity doesn't teach that. I mean, yeah. But you find any movie, TV shows, Christians are represented poorly on mm-hmm. purpose, and then Christians um, are fearful of that. They've acquiesced to that. They see the avatar and they're like, "Well, what can I do in my power to do the opposite of that?" I know, I'll affirm everything, and we need to pump the brakes. It's dangerous. So uh, the issue, uh, sex has permeated a lot of things in society. Also, um, we have no relationship, generally speaking, humanity, with the creator of sex. We don't even acknowledge him. Mm. It's a godless society. I think you talked about that on the last episode, or where was that an episode? That was with uh, PJ and, no, was it? Oh, no, it was with. Uh, it was was it with Natalie? With? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Was. Well, that episode's coming out next week, guys. Spoiler alert. Darren says we live in a godless society. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, but it's real. And I've mentioned this before, I think on the podcast, I definitely did a reel about it. The little mermaid where she's down digging for stuff. And then she finds all this, these very real things, but then is talking to a stork about it or seagull seagull. It's talking to a seagull. You said stork. <laughs> like he's not a stork. He's talking to a seagull about it, and he's telling her all these ways that you can use these things, and it's all wrong. It's all terrible. Yeah, it's all wrong. Um, but they have use. Yeah, one's a fork, one's a pipe, and a bunch of other stuff. And you know, she's combing her hair with a fork, and I forget what they were doing with the pipe. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I forget what it was called. But, but yeah, it's still wrong. And so we have kind of insulated. Our society has insulated itself from being able to learn the truth by saying that sharing the truth is mean. Mm-hmm. So it's so crazy. But the reason she's using and she's getting faulty instruction from this seagull is because none of them, the mermaid or the bird, have a relationship with the ones who made the things they have. Right. They don't know any human beings. They don't. So therefore, they don't know what a fork is. And I think we're talking. We talk about sex and. I think people respond so flippantly to it, um, so matter-of-factly to it, or it's like a no-no conversation. You don't talk about it at all. Um, Meanwhile, we have to have a conversation. I mean, look at – dude, this conversation of sex and homosexuality has been going on for a long time. But just think about the different conversations today. I mean, we were just talking about one with that thing you were watching. What was I watching? With Matt Walsh. Okay. I mean, just think about the conversation on gender. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all warped. I mean, um, it's and, and like, it's, and it's apparently it's a deep conversation. I know, like, 
I try to deep. force my. Yeah, I mean, how do you get more deep? How do you do that? So <laughs> I had a thought before you brought that up in it as well. But I was at um, KJ. KJ was on one of our episodes. Can't remember. Um, every pastor is scandalous. Every pastor is scandalous. Yeah. Was, so I was at his church um, last Sunday, this past Sunday, and he preached on sex. And he mentioned the same thing you mentioned. But he was talking about how, as a church, um, we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Um, and he was just telling people, hey, man, I hope you don't take your kids out of here because they're going to they're gonna hear about sex. I'd rather them hear about it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying that 55% of people in church believe that sex, casual sex, is okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, you know, 89% of people just in the world believe that casual sex is okay. Mm. And he said, we're at a point now where we are out of touch yeah. with the purpose of sex. Yeah. Was that's that it? it. That's oh, it. Oh, oh. The end. Yeah. <laughs> we, it was just yeah, basically, yeah. He, that's what he preached on. Yeah. No, we we most certainly are. And more and more. And, and this is why it's important uh, for Christians to like. I hate to have it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go that far into it. But I think we talk too much about what it means to be nice and kind and compassionate. Because now the world is getting to define that. The, the world gets to define what's kind and compassionate. Nice, I think, is make-believe. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I, I don't know what nice is. Uh, nice doesn't mean necessarily mean it's good. Right. You know, if the house is on fire and Talani is asleep upstairs and I'm dragging her down the steps, she's bumping her head. Obviously, that's not nice. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, that, so I don't know. I don't know what that really means. You know, there's kindness. There's compassion. There's sympathy. Um, and for the Christian. And that's, yeah, and that just gets conflated with. How we treat individuals. Yeah. Stating something as an absolute truth mm-hmm. is very different from how a Christian should relate to people on an individual basis. Right. I'm not going to snatch a transgender like, ah, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to hell if you keep going this way. Like, yeah. nah, I mean, the truth is in the sexual, sexually immoral will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, right. It's one of the many things listed. Yeah, right. Um, but if I'm talking to someone person to person, which like we all have, right, at some point, it doesn't sound like that. Yeah, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't feel like that. And 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 then right. also sometimes it does. Sometimes it can. Yeah, sometimes it can. Um, and it doesn't mean that you uh, ignore what's true. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, if we believe that Jesus is true, and yeah, that's the thing that we don't like. We don't like controversy. Yeah. And the truth is controversial. The truth is controversial. So what do we do? We run away from the truth. Yeah. As the church, yeah. What do we have after that? Nothing. Um, there, the gripes that people have, even with Christianity, is when in in the context of sex, is like, oh, is a God so petty that He cares what I do with my body? He's so loving that He cares what you do with your body. Yeah, and and your body is so significant. Mm-hmm. Because in that question, what you presuppose is that your body is insignificant, right? It's not. Our bodies are significant. And we're going to look at that a little bit. Um, and so society is saying, hey, we don't need any direction, you Christians. Shut up about sex. Oh, you guys are just so stuffy and you know, sticks up your butt about sex. That's a terrible thing. But, but, but you get what I'm saying. 
couldn't come up with anything else. I could. I, I, I don't know. I don't that's know. All what that is. That's all I got. But uh, but right. meanwhile, meanwhile, at the next march, it's about some sexual oppression happening to women in the world. Mm-hmm. Is that a reality? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that when it comes down to sexual oppression, it's happened to both men and women, but overwhelmingly more to women. They're the weaker, physically, generally speaking. How is that significant? Why is it significant? Why should we care? If you line up two headlines that says that a woman is beaten and a woman is raped, people will naturally feel more pain and see more significance to the rape. Mm -hmm. Why? If sex is so insignificant. Why? Um, Why is rape a crime if sex is a crime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Well, they would say it is assault. So that's what I'm saying. But if it gets reduced just to someone harming your body, then why is it treated uh, treated more significantly than someone hitting you? Um, Yeah, it's caused so much pain and destruction in the history of the world. Um, yet here we are today in 2022, knowing and still with different rally cries of what sex has done and me too and all that stuff. And the answer is open the floodgates. More sex. Open the, open the floodgates. Everything's sex. Ten-year-olds or nine-year-olds is teaching them that. Let's raise them up. In let's there. raise them up. And then let's put them in the laps of old men. Yeah. Um, and people think that that might be a stretch. Um, but this is just what it's been. I mentioned Margaret Singer. Uh, y- you have opening the floodgates through, you know, this free from consequence type of living. This, this, this sexual liberation that happened, especially with this, with second wave feminism. Mm-hmm. Feminism. I believe it was a third wave where they're like, get rid of the bras or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. That was but, a very small group of. Yeah, I know. I wasn't. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. It's like in New York or something. Um, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and uh, uh, so you have consequent free sex, right? I think, you know, turn of the century. Um, and you have homosexual sex. Now, this is these, these things aren't being created at this time, but they're being acknowledged, right? They're being promulgated. And, Monkeypox. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um. <laughs> And the consequent free uh, sex destroyed marriages. Right. Um, it destroyed the very view of what a marriage is and the significance of it. And that just continued to cripple down homosexual sex. Con- had, had already had the foundation of destroyed marriages, but it added to it more types of diseases. Um, stagnant families. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have transsexual sex, which kind of just like smacks homosexuality and everything else in the face because it's so confusing and contrary. Yeah. The only way you can be homosexual is having identified a gender and transsexualism does away with that. Well, I don't think that's true. Or is it the wokeness? It's the, so I, I mean, a lot of the like documentaries and things I've watched is that, transgenderism is actually against this new non-binary thing. I see. Because they're like, no, no, no. I transitioned from male to female. There, I had to be a gender to transition to a gender. 
it's the non-binary people that are throwing a monkey wrench in that are like wait what yeah and they call themselves transgender but they're non-binary it's like well that doesn't doesn't make sense a lot of it all all of its lostness but that ruin really makes no sense <laughs> yeah the non-binary <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense i know uh, yeah uh, yeah uh um and then finally transgenerational sex pederasty pedophilia um what's pederasty relationships between older men and younger boys but um these things aren't new none of them no society fully recognizing it a christian society fully recognizing it <clears throat> um is new i would say and 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 you know kind of silent on it really um now we're on a way out if not already out from being a christian society this is a post-christian society um very small but um once pedophilia or i'm sorry minor attracted persons uh once that enters into the realm then i mean it's not it's gonna be fast it's it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be fast i mean and then it you're gonna be seeing people who want rights to be able to have sex with their farm animals you know how crazy that sounds it sounds as crazy as transgenderism did 50 years ago right or, as or it still does some other cultures. Yeah, yeah, to other cultures. Yeah, right. Because that's what you brought up yeah. uh, in the Matt Walsh thing. Um, so we have all this around us. We have all this swirling around us, and then we have Christians fighting other Christians. Like, hey, like, is it just me? I don't know. Tell me, do Christians seem more bold opposing other Christians? Yes. Yes. Than non Christians. Yeah. Yeah. And and not even opposing. I would say, give an example of <clears throat> a believer who's just you know, enjoying a nice book and having a coffee. And then there's someone else having a coffee. And and maybe they're reading a book about, I don't know, how politics will save the world. And, you know, whatever. Just open, you know, softball to give them be like, man, that's an interesting book. I'd love, you know, like, what are your thoughts about that? What are you reading? What does it say? Just to be able to have a conversation and talk faith. It doesn't even have to be a controversial thing. Or like from the jump, it doesn't have to be very tense, Tyler Perry like. <laughs> just it's just it's just it's just a conversation that takes uh, trust in the Lord. It takes courage, but it's your faith, it's your life, and you're sharing it with people. Juxtapose that with approaching a brother and sister and saying, "You know what? You're unloving." They would choose the unloving thing. Yeah. They would rather have that conversation via social media, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but say, yeah. yeah, it's never like. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's passive or some type of way. But um, rather than us kind of linking arms and seeing each other as siblings and, you know, hitting the world with light together, um, that's that's been bothering me a bit. But um, I think that happens because I think, like what you said, KJ said, um, it's not a good biblical understanding of sex, just in general. Mm -hmm. Not a good biblical understanding of sex. Um, you had purity culture. We had a friend who was like part of that. 
Remember, because purity cross, you had to get like a ring, a purity ring. Oh, yeah, I'm so right, sad that you can't say it. I, can't, I know, can't yeah, say who it is, it. but uh, but but one misses me. But but it, it it is it was more vast than like a, a small narrow thing, right? You know, purity culture was that at your church? Oh, a little bit. Okay, so it's like it's more so. Hey, sex, bad. You're not married. Bad. Right. Bad sex. Wait till you get married. Um. To the point where, oh man, I keep forgetting this guy's name. Yeah. But yeah, there was a guy who wrote a book at Covenant Life called Kiss, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And he basically was like, I'm going to, we shouldn't date anymore because <clears throat> dating leads to like, you know, intimate actions, kissing and stuff like that. And that leads to more stuff. Now, I'm not completely against that type of thinking, um, but he was like 20. I just don't get that. I don't understand. Uh, but 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 yeah, yeah. Someone should have stepped in and be like, you know what, you're on the right track. But how about we put some wisdom on this thing? Yeah. But it was like sex bad, and this thing I'm doing is leading to sex. So cut it all off. Do away yeah. with it, and stay away from the boogie monster sex. Meanwhile, there isn't one thing God has created. We've had this conversation that isn't good. Right. But when it's swelled to the main thing, it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, so purity culture, you know, sex is bad, Katui, yucky. Don't do it. Or <laughs> you have the reality that you mentioned with KJ, uh, the stat he gave where um it's this licentious culture that's mm-hmm. like, look, I mean, I get it, we're probably supposed to be married, but sex is still beautiful and there's good stuff in sex. And majority of those people get their cues about sex from the culture, right? From the world. Um, because it's all around you. It's it's all around you. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like this belief that once Christians get their hands on the conversation, they're going to stifle it and it gets all old and boring because people's view of about sex comes from Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and then those same views walk with them into their marriage and then their spouse becomes a disappointment to them. They're disillusioned because their view about sex comes from the dudes behind the camera. So, how should we view it? Um, have you heard have you heard people talk about sex being fire? Being fire? Yeah. No. Sex is like fire. Frank Turk says a lot. Um, I think Mike Winger even actually had a video on this. And I like it. I like it. It's like sex is a fire and that fire isn't inherently bad. No. Right. Um, but it has boundaries. Right. And when it is removed from its boundaries, it's dangerous. It's like you put it in a fireplace and it warms you. The fireplace and the boundaries is marriage. Mm-hmm. You take it out of the fireplace and it can burn the house down to the ground. Mm-hmm. It can burn the house down to the ground. Um, it's it, Sex has been abused uh, for a long time, since the beginning. Um, there was this statement made in the Baker Encyclopedia <clears throat> on sex. Uh, by uh, Walter Elwell. And he said, unlike some religious and philosophical systems, the Bible takes a very positive view of human sexuality. According to the Old Testament's account of creation, it was God himself who made people sexual beings. Being male or female is part of what it means to be created in the image of God. 
above everything else, therefore, sexuality is a precious aspect of what a person is, not merely a description of what he or she does. Um, and I'm on board with that. I'm on, I'm on board with that. Um, obviously, it's only seen as a positive uh, view if you understand sex. That's the thing. Like anybody who's not a Christian says, well, I, the Bible has a positive view on sex. I doubt it. Um, so why am I going through all of this? Um, this is what's missed. If you had to think about, if you had to think about sitting down and, and listening to a conversation on sex in a sermon or in a church teaching or something like that, what are some things you would either want to hear but discussed or that you have been a part of and didn't hear discussed? Um, hmm. I think about that a little bit. I mean, I, I would think, like going back to like the dating thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would like to hear about, um, those boundaries of intimacy that lead to sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, that a lot of people take for granted. Like some of us, we humans think we are, we're strong enough to control our urges. Yeah, when we're not, <laughs> we're just not. Um, and all the little things that we do that we take for granted, mm -hmm. kissing, cuddling, um, spending the night, yeah, right. all those kind of things that can lead to sex. Yeah. Um, yeah. All that, all that. I would like to hear that talked about more. I would like to hear people talk about the fact that everything we enjoy has sex in it somewhere. You mean like just guarding our hearts and our yeah. eyes? Yeah. I saw a Hardee's commercial where it was just a woman eating a burger who was half naked. Hmm. It's like you had me at the burger. <laughs> I'm just trying. Hardee's is disgusting. You like, it, it, you like Hardee's? I don't really eat Hardee's. Like, have you had Hardee's? Yeah, I don't. Hardee's it's is like, gross. Uh, we got our boy Will in here with us. And you're like, I, guess. I prefer Arby's. Oh, Arby, Arby's is significantly better. Yeah, and this was like Hardy's Junior too, or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, well, that's what it's called, right? No, I thought I think no, they were Carl's Junior. Carl's Jr. Oh, Carl's Junior. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's everywhere, and so not only that, guarding your heart, like pornography is an actual issue. Mm -hmm. It's accessible, but once upon a time, you had to work hard to get access to it. But now, I mean, any electronic device. Except accesses it. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere, and we, and, you know, it's it's kind of like we deal with it where it's like, oh, if someone is struggling with porn, then you know we have to deal with that very seriously. But you know, yeah, it's like, wait, why don't why aren't we ta attacking this? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> why don't we talk about this? Yeah, yeah. You know, we want to rid our lives of sin, like greed, anger. He said, "It just gets slipped into sermons and stuff." Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very wild how um for so long there are these things right in our face. Yeah, and there's just kind of hesitance to like fight against it. I think about Jesus telling Peter that on this rock, and there's a lot to be said about this passage, but I'm just highlighting this: on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, and you know there is no Greek word, um, against against it. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you take that against it, and, uh, I can't think right now. Translation out, right? It's just that the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, gates are defensive structures. Right. So the church is on the offense. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a violent bloodbath. That's Jesus in Revelation 19. But for us, it's violence against the darkness, though. Right. It's violence against the darkness. And we're very passive about yeah. how, how we deal with that. Um, and, and we're worried about people being mean. <clears throat> and it's like, whoa, wait a second. Like, porn is mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rape is mean. Right. We're just trying to shine light on what these things are. Do you, do you think that a, a man who rapes a woman doesn't first objectify her? That's all porn is. Yeah. So um, the, the reality is, is like sex is a good thing. Um, uh, this idea of the garden and Adam and Eve in the garden, it, it's, there's, it's shameless, right? It, there's no embarrassment. There's freedom in their nakedness. Um, and then that changes and it breaks. Um, but before that, this idea of knowing one another Adam knew his wife uh, in, in what it means to, um, for them to have sex. That same language is used of how we know God. Hmm. And so from a physical standpoint, people are like, bro, that's weird. But that's because we have a very low view of sex. Yeah. It's a spiritual act. Yeah. A spiritual act. So, um, so after the brokenness, after we go through after our own wisdom, this is what uh, is said in that same uh, encyclopedia. Nudity became a matter of embarrassment and fear as men and women eyed each other as sex objects instead of as people with physical differences. On the relational side, trust and tenderness gave way to betrayal and harshness. Here lies the root cause of all discrimination and abuse which fuel modern feminist protests. And procreation was spoiled too as the marvelous experience of childbirth was marred by unnecessary pain and distress. This is the context in which the Bible's ban on extramarital intercourse should be read. The veto itself is clear. It covers homosexual practice, adultery, and premarital sex. That, that's a range that often doesn't get looped together. Mm-hmm. If you're going to talk about homosexuality, you talk about it by itself. Now, I get it. It's very rampant in the culture here. But what we're dealing with is something bigger than homosexuality. Homosexuality right. fits under an umbrella that gets people um, on the outside of the kingdom. But uh, even the thought of such things, as distinct from temptation to think about them, is wrong, according to Jesus. So what, what he highlights there is this grouping of stuff. It's like what, what was going on and what goes on in our culture even when people talk about things like homosexuality or sexual immorality, they give all these pragmatic reasons on why you shouldn't do it. Like let's take porn for example. It's like, hey, um, you shouldn't do that because you know this is what it'll do. You won't see your wife the same, and uh, if you, when you finally get married, or you'll objectify women, uh, or if you're if homosexuality, you get diseases, you know, and things like that. Diseases exist. Or premarital sex, diseases exist, you know, or maybe your spouse won't, you know, see you the same because you didn't save yourself. All these pragmatic responses, though none of them are false, mm-hmm. 
But the ultimate Very reason, service level, yeah. yeah, the ultimate reason on why we should care about our sexuality is missed. Yeah. Because God said, this is the way it will be. Right. So, um, so we're about to push through the rest of this and we're going to read some passages together. Um, It doesn't give, the Bible doesn't give any reasons why extramarital sex is bad. Uh, it just says it's bad. And I mean, in the, we were just talking about this, but the tree of good and evil, it's really a good and bad. Tov and Ra. Bad is a wide spectrum of things. Yeah. And premarital sex is bad because it is anti-good. It is not what God has ordained. It is bad because it's operating outside of its intended purpose. Mm. Paul says the body is not made for sexual immorality, 1 Corinthians 6. And so to engage in sexual immorality is to be non-human. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's to be unhuman uh, or move in a way outside of God's will, um, glory and honor. So sex is good. It was created with boundaries. Boundaries presuppose an authority crossing those boundaries usurp that authority this when it comes down to the bible and our understanding of our, just our theology i think something that never gets talked about we're going to leap out of sex real quick even though it's related how come people don't talk about like these weird passages in scripture we've talked about this a bit on the on the, on the podcast but like I'm, I'm about to read genesis 6 mm -hmm. it's like how come how come we don't get taught on Genesis 6. The Nephilim. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought oh, you... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, what's Genesis 6? No, 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 uh, no. I thought you were... You, you were looked up. I thought oh, no, you didn't no, know no. what I was no, talking I was about. trying to figure out when we talked about... You said we talked about this before. Have we? That's what you said. Oh, I thought so. That's why I looked up. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we haven't. But... We have. <laughs> That's the same. Yeah, but but... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think this is extremely significant. Not only that, uh, being able to read your Bible the way it was intended to be read, and that means understanding the original context the writer had in mind. Yeah. That actually makes the things that we value as Christians today more beautiful. Right. And we're missing it. So let's go through this. How are we doing on time? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get through this. 40 minutes. All right. So uh, turning your Bibles to Genesis 6. Maybe I can pull it up. Should I pull it up on here? Yeah. Okay. Let me know when you're there. Okay. That's why. Wow. We're good. Okay. So we are at uh, Genesis 6. Um, hold on. Let me make this unmessy for you guys. I'm going to read this real quick. Now, after Genesis 6, I'm also going to read... Um, a couple passage, a couple more passages. I'm going to read out of Second Peter, and I'm going to read out of Jude, and then I want you guys to tell me what you're noticing in these things. Let me pull up Peter. And then Jude. All right, Genesis six. When man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, 
the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Um, so now, uh, you know, the rest of that is important. I'm just not going to read it all. But what happened as a result of that is wickedness on the earth spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. it, it spread like wildfire. Now, this is significant because when you talk to a modern day Christian and you say, hey, what is the gospel? Then we're talking about, well, you know, God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. That's Genesis 3. Right. But the first century Jew answering that question of what the Messiah needs to do is the Messiah has to fix Genesis 3, Genesis 6, and Genesis 11. Mm -hmm. And that's important to help us understand some things. So Genesis 6 is where we are now. Keep that in mind of what we just read. The sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore children, the Nephilim. Where those are days. the sons of God? The sons of God. Well, I mean, <laughs> I actually, that's the one I was going to try to avoid. Oh, oh I, I'll right, answer well, it. No, I'll answer it because only because it, I didn't want to do it as non-justice. Non-justice. You can do a whole episode oh, on it. Well, not only, it, it, <laughs> yeah, we could do a whole episode on it. Only because people have muddied the waters with extra biblical thinking. Yeah. They've, they've done eisegesis when reading the scriptures. That's reading into the text rather than exegesis taking out of the text. So let me start with that real quick. And people will say the sons of God. Oh, well, that's Cain. I mean, that's uh, uh, Shem. Mm -hmm. He's the righteous son of Adam and Eve. Right. And then the daughters of man is, is, is are daughters or offspring of Cain. Okay. So, well, what? Did you get that? Yeah. yeah where'd you get any of that? I'm not going to dive into that any, on this episode, but but I'm telling you, they won't be able to point to that. They won't be able to find it anywhere. Meanwhile, this oh, we can pull that right right now. Let's look. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, 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 just 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 I'm just showing them uh, sons of God. Where are we here? This is the Hebrew you're seeing under this. So this, look at this phrase right here. Ben Elohim. That phrase is very significant. You have B'nai Elohim. That is always um, a divine title. You can look in Job. Uh, there are multiple places in Job. Um, you can look in Psalms, the Psalms, Psalm 82, for example. You can look at Deuteronomy 32. Just look at those passages. Uh, the sons of God are divine beings. Okay, so let's move on. Let's go to our next passage. And we're going to look at Second Peter. Second Peter chapter two. We in church today, y'all. So to be clear, the sons of God are not human. No, I never answered the question. Sorry. Yeah, they, yeah, they're not human. No, okay. no. Um, they are. Yes, they are non-human. That's actually what Elohim is means. Mm -hmm. People would think Elohim is a name for God. No, Elohim is a a, a designation of locale. You, you're not physical. You are non-physical. You are immaterial. Mm -hmm. um, and Yahweh, the Elohim, uh, the, the Most High, that's where the title Most High comes from, El Elyon. He is the Most High Elohim, created other Elohim. Mm -hmm. The same way Yahweh now is human, who also created other humans. 
Right. <laughs> you know? So, so uh, yeah. So, chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 2 through 10. This is Second Peter. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them. Am I at the right place? Oh, okay. Let me start with two. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked. Um, he, and then he goes on to say, um, just to save time, he goes on to say, so therefore God knows how to both punish the unrighteous and rescue the righteous. Right. Keep that in mind. Let's travel on to Jude. We're going to read Jude 5 through 7. Now, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, for those who want a nice apologetic for the Trinity in a conversation, here's one, Jude 5. Jude just said that Jesus saved Israel out of Egypt. Uh, <laughs> so who saved the people out of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So I'm going to highlight some links in this. Oh, you, no. you can go back to us now. Still here? Oh, no, 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 you can go back to us. Um, I'm going to highlight some links in these passages. One. Peter and Jude are talking about angels. Now, yeah, they're talking about divine beings. And, and, and we kind of skip over these things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Peter uh, said that, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, I, mean, some, I know many Christians are thinking when they're going through Second Peter. What, yeah, what angels? Yeah, what angels are you talking about, dog? Yeah. And when? When are you referring to? Yeah. But everybody's heard the term fallen angel before. And that's traditional. That's cultural. Uh, but Peter, they're, they're both referencing this. And they, and they kind of just do it so matter-of-factly. Like, yeah, man, God, you know, he's going to punish the unjust and the unrighteous, you know, because you know you know about the angels that one time. <laughs> remember, remember back then? <laughs> remember, remember back when they got the angels? And it's like, wait a second, what? Yeah. When did that happen? Um, so, so, yes, they're, they're mentioning that. But then also... They're mentioning that in conjunction with what else? Both of them. Peter and Jude mentioned the angels in conjunction with what else? Do you remember? Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's our understanding, overarching understanding of Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, my understanding is the town of sexually immoral people mm -hmm. um, along with people accepting it mm -hmm. and allowing it, living with it, tolerating it. Mm -hmm. So that makes them unrighteous as well. 
So, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, more, more, I guess, prevalently is sodomy, mm-hmm. where we, you know, but um, going on there, and so these these acts of sexual immorality are taking place. Meanwhile, they keep linking that narrative with what happened in Genesis six. Now. The link could seem obvious because it's like, well, these divine beings committed an act of sexual immorality against these women, right? They they came into the daughters of men and they bore children from them. Now, obviously, yes, that is evil. Obviously, yes, that is sin. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the the uh, seed. That isn't the original sin of that act. That is not what's being highlighted. And I think that Jude highlights it well i'm going to reread what jude said um afterward jesus who saved the people out of the land of egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling oh you died no no i'm moving it but left their proper dwelling that's significant Hmm. the angels did not stay in their own position of authority who gave them the the position of authority Yahweh. yahweh he gave them where they are to be and they left that and left the boundaries that were uh left the boundaries meant to retain them in the position given to them by yahweh Mm mm-hmm and went elsewhere. Right. Now that elsewhere was sexual immorality, but the big thing is you left the boundary. And that's the heart of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. You have left the boundaries given to you by God with your body. The boundary is that sex belongs with marriage between man and woman. That's the boundary. Right. That's why outside of that boundary all types of dark things happen. Right. But here's what becomes more significant. That boundary is not just a sexual boundary. The boundary is actually more vast and more wide and and more significant. As a husband, you have left your boundary if you aren't dying for your wife. Mm -hmm. Wife, you have left your boundary if you do not submit and respect your husband. So you see how far away we've gone, why our society is where it is now? Because when it comes down to God saying you are man. You are a woman. This is what you will do. And what you will do together will be a representation of my relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And we're like, mm. right. nah, I don't like that. Or how come he gets to do this and I don't? Or how it's, come she gets yeah. to do this and I don't? Which I don't hear that very often. No, no, no. I mean, there's not much. And he's like, I wish. Well, we are actually. What are we talking about? The, the, the non-binary thing is that. Oh, wow. We are seeing that. Yeah. But that's the precursor to it. If the boundaries have been removed, that is why all of this is happening now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's all happening because we're sinful and it's a broken world. But the boundary has been removed. And I think the precursor of that is us not finding joy in the boundaries God gave us just as man and woman. And so since the boundary has been removed, then we're like, all right, well, let's push the envelope. Chop this off for me. Why not? Hmm. So what they also both say, 
and what they're highlighting, both, both Peter and Jude, is they're highlighting God's saving love, that he rescues the righteous. Mm -hmm. And the way that they're highlighting that is that he's trustworthy. And the way they're highlighting his trustworthiness is by saying he will always punish the unrighteous. There is not one unrighteous individual who will go unpunished. This is why the Christians, when it comes down to things like homosexuality, Pride Month, sharing the truth is the only loving thing you can do. There are a myriad of ways to do it, right? but it's the only loving thing to do. I know that there are Christians out there who are genuinely deceived yeah. and need to find their way biblically, but then there are Christians who also know, yet they do not tell the truth. Yeah. That's hateful. Now, you might be okay now because people don't know you're being hateful, but the Lord does. Right. And that's significant. We need to get back to that. He will never let the unjust go unpunished, and he always rescues the righteous. And so you have any other God or any other deity in history um, that often uh, offers grace at the expense of his justice or offers mercy at the expense of his justice right. by saying, okay, I'll allow it, right. but now justice falls down. Mm -hmm. But the one true and living God offers grace and mercy through his justice. That's why the cross is significant. Jesus, for all of us who are found in Christ, he became the unrighteous and was punished as such. And for all those who do not want Jesus will say, no, give me what I deserve. And you will get it because yeah. he's trustworthy mm -hmm. and he's faithful. So that's it. I think the takeaway is how about we be faithful during Pride Week for a month and then in July and then in August. Recognize our boundaries and the boundaries are good. They're actually good. And for the Christians who are actually living in those boundaries yet are not sharing the truth of those, the beauty of those boundaries with other people, non-believers, come back to the truth. Please, come back to the truth and share it. Share that truth with people. It's good. It's good news. It's good news. Um, anything to say before we get out of here? Um, I would just add, don't forget about... Um, heterosexual couples who are living unfaithfully. That's well. right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries are good things. Do not be taken away by the zeitgeist of the age that says boundaries aren't good. Right. That's, a, that's a spiritual rebellion, and it started in Genesis 6. Yeah. Boundaries are on purpose, and they're good. As a matter of fact, the most significant boundary in glory will be the boundary between Yahweh and his people and everyone else to be punished. It's, it's nothing. We can't fix it. Yeah, we can't <laughs> fix Pride it. Pride Month doesn't fix it. It doesn't Acknowledging fix it. people in their sin doesn't fix it. No. This was a comic, uh, cosmic, <clears throat> comic, cosmic sin against God. Yeah. And it, it uh, requires a cosmic solution. Man, bars. I'll spit. Bars. <laughs> um, and if, you're, if you are homosexual and you happen to be living, uh, listening to this, um, we love you enough to tell you the truth, 
another aspect of that truth is that the world is lying to you and saying that you are a, your sexuality. No, you are larger than that. What it means to be a person, male or female, created by God on purpose, with intentionality. Mm -hmm. Sexuality is a part of you. But since we were created as sexual beings, there's a purpose to sexuality as well. Right. And even if you don't feel like living in that purpose right now, just ponder on what it means to trust the Lord. You don't have to get your life straight. He does that for us. Trust him. Trust the fact that he lived the perfect life with his life straight for you. Trust the fact that he died in the place of every unrighteous individual. And I promise you, you will begin to look more and more beautiful the way beauty was intended to look. So, guys, stay tuned for the following episodes. It's going to be some good stuff. Um, leave us some comments. Leave us your thoughts. Share this. Um, and we appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode of Black and Blurred, where you are guaranteed to hear one of two things, our humble opinion. Or the facts. Holler at us.